Good morning. So, I didn't uh, start the walk until about 10 minutes into it. It is uh, currently 621 on April 2nd, 2014, 36 degrees. Uh, yeah, I didn't start the walk immediately. Partially because I wanted a chance to, you know, I don't know, collect your thoughts and silent meditation, I suppose. Partially because I wanted to make sure we didn't run out of battery power and I mean, it's great that the battery lasted last time, but I don't want to run any risks, take any chances, whatever. Anyway, the main reason I wanted to do that was to make sure that Mr. Jasper here, who you cannot see <coughs> due to the lack of ambient light, I uh, wanted to make sure that Mr. Jasper had a chance to make any pit stops so we didn't have another 10 minute show of Brand opens a plastic bag. Anyway. <laughs> so yes, it's cold. But I've seen colder. And the important thing is there's no ice out there. So that's pretty cool. I did get up at 5 o'clock. Despite the fact that I was up last night until about midnight, so that kind of sucked. I mean, it wasn't, I don't mind staying up until midnight, but it's a bad idea to pull five hour nights, I mean, five hours sleep for a long time. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll try to get a nap go to work late. I don't know. <laughs> Pardon me. So, got up this morning. I sort of did the thousand words, which is to say I uh, spent the hour working, but most of that time was spent in reorganizing the story. It's one of those things where I had a character literally shanghaied. I mean, he was in a bar at near closing time. Somebody hit him with a shillelagh, and he wakes up on a pirate ship. So, I was trying to decide how to handle that. Do you jump automatically to, alright, I've been living on a pirate ship for the last few weeks, this is just how life is. Or do you do the... Where am I? What's going on? What are the rules? Kind of scene. And originally I was going to jump directly to... I mean, you know what's going to happen, so I'm just going to jump to day in the life of a slave. Hold on. Sorry, somebody broke a bottle over here. I want to make sure the dog doesn't walk on the glass. 
Um, anyway, so yeah, originally I was going to skip right over it, but it is such a dramatic change of pace in the story that I didn't think it really felt right. Besides, this particular pirate ship is a dirigible. So, I'm looking forward to the moment when this guy says, this can't be happening. I can't have really been shanghai The guards aren't watching. I'm gonna make a run for it. And then he runs to the railing and sees that they don't need guards. So that's a fun scene, or it will be. I mapped it out today, which, because I had planned on just skipping straight to day in the life of, now I have to uh, shuffle things around. Because I'm telling at least three different stories in this book. And uh, the... Uh, and you want to make sure the pacing's the right. Uh, pacing is right. You want to make them all mesh. You don't want to give any one group more time than the other. One story more time than the others. So I got to do that. It smells like horses. I don't say that lightly. I mean. I spent my time on a farm. I know what horses smell like. I think the landscaping guys must have put down manure all around the trees or something. Because it definitely smells like a barnyard. It's not altogether unpleasant, I remember growing up. Having a lot of fun with the FFA kids. I never actually joined myself, just hanging out with them. So, anyway, yeah, didn't actually get much written today. Reorganized a bit, plotted a bit. So, I got that going for me. I expect I'll be able to get the thousand words later on in the day. And that's not empty bragging. I The, uh, the story, I mean, the guy Shanghai and doing slave labor on an airship, that's actually how I started the uh, steampunk version of 1984, called 1884. So, it works out because I was able to lift whole paragraphs and the whole scenario and repurpose it. Yeah. Okay.
sorry, those of you who are just listening, I got up to a uh, four-way stop and I waited for the traffic to leave and somebody pulled through the four-way stop doing maybe two miles an hour, slowing down as they got close to us, which made me a little uncomfortable. So, yeah. I mean, I hate to think of it that way, but we're not too far from Baltimore. Or maybe he just felt that I looked an odd duck with my knit ski mask cap and my biker jacket. (laughs) And the Google Glass. That could have... That has stopped people before. I'm not getting as many people asking about it anymore. I can't decide whether that's cool or not. Maybe it's because people are seeing them more in the news. I don't know. Saw a great article the other day. Was saying, uh, I want to say it was like Forbes or something. And they were saying, hey, we've been demonizing Google Glass for months now. It just occurred to us, since we found out that surgeons are using it, Google Glass might actually be useful. There might be some actual purpose behind it. It may not completely suck. For months now, I've been thinking of the uh, old... I think it was Gandhi phrase. First they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, and then you win. I think right now Google is right in between the laugh at you and fight you. I mean, Google glasses. Google itself is gonna do absolutely fine even if nobody ever uses this silly thing again. But I'm seeing more stuff every day. There's a group that's saying they can do AR work with Google Glass. Alternate reality, just in case. Um, Their version is something like if you look at a magazine cover, then or or an ad in a magazine, then Google Glass will recognize it and play a short commercial for you. To me, that's not a plus. But uh, they say it takes your position and your orientation, and it'll tell you points of interest in the area around you. That's not bad. They say that if you look at a movie poster, it'll show you a trailer for the movie. That's not bad. 
Anyway, what I'm waiting for, and I, I don't know, I'm, I may have to write this just to make it work. Uh, you know, break open the open CV and uh, put it on Android and, and put it on glass. But what I'm waiting for is the one that does facial recognition, not individual faces, but just recognizing that there is a face and then replaces it with an alien zombie face. Just call the app, they live. That was the name of it, wasn't it? With Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Carpenter movie, I think. Where alien zombies had taken over the earth and had brainwashed us to not notice. Of course, if I was really good, I'd have a system recognize billboards and replace them with obey. Anyway, that'd be a fun little app. I'm kind of surprised nobody's done it yet. So let's see, what else? We had game night yesterday. Paulette came over to play. She brought some kind of Japanese rice cake. And I forget the name already. But it was kind of interesting because they take some central food. In this case, it was sweet potatoes and cranberry, I think. And then they wrap that food entirely in a wedge of rice and uh, seaweed at the bottom just to hold it so you don't get sticky rice all over your fingers. <sighs> seaweed, nature's napkin. And uh, anyway, she told us that this was the typical lunch for a Japanese school kid. It was a typical lunch for the uh, average worker. Just, you know, lunch whistle goes off and they grab their wedge of rice and something. And apparently, this is my favorite part, the, uh, their favorite thing to put inside it is tuna mayo, which is Tuna, fish, and mayonnaise. So basically, the Japanese are having tuna fish sandwiches. Which I find hilarious. Anyway, I really like that idea. It seems like something that you could make in a few hours on a Sunday, wrap it up, and have meals for your entire week. I mean lunches, you know? Could be cool. The EP was all hopped up on origami, and she had a book. So, 
because he was barely even playing the game. Mr. Jasper's falling far behind. Come on, buddy. Heel. Heel. Come on. He's not that old. All right, let's take a break just in case. You're good. Take it easy. Rest. Shake it out. Anyway. Yeah, so um, one of the gifts that I got for my birthday was a new expansion for Dominion. Dominion, as I may have mentioned before, is my all-time favorite card game, even though I'm not too good at it. I always enjoy it. And we got a new expansion called Cornucopia. It has an autumnal uh, theme. And uh, it's okay. There are basically two things that it changes about the game. First is that it adds the tournament, which I thought was awesome because with the tournament card, you can gain these special cards like Bag of Gold and Princess or Trusty Steed. And all of them had really impressive buffs. So you had to, uh, you had to get a province and then play the tournament and then you could get these special cards, which was cool, except that I was the last one to get special cards. In fact, I didn't get any special cards. I was the last one to uh, get provinces. And in fact, I lost the game. And that was because of the second thing that Cornucopia changes. It rewards you for having a variety of cards in your hand. There's some cards that say, you, get, you play this, you get one extra coin for every different type of card you have in the top four on your deck. So, it can be worth up to plus four. And that's okay. But uh, all of their cards seem to be rewarding you for having variety in your hand, which I thought was really cool. My problem was I went back to the Village Idiot strategy, which is to say, I started gathering up all the actions and had no money. So, like I said, I couldn't buy provinces. And when the tournaments came up, everybody else was getting the special cards and I was sitting there looking like an idiot. Anyway, learned a lesson and I'll do better next time. I saw an article yesterday 
if you're following me on social media or if you're a fan of game development, you would have seen it too. Where a uh, game jam was organized by Pepsi. They put $400,000 into building the studio and getting these computers and getting these game devs. Honestly, I don't even know if the devs were being paid. They were all indie game uh, developers. All professional. And so the idea was they were going to get them to go through the how to build a game process and they were going to film it and it was going to be pretty that way. Sorry, I was looking at a ravine, a ravine that was pretty. Um, it was going to be interesting. People were going to want to see how a game is made. That was the general idea. Jefferson, stay. Good boy. Uh, so, they brought the devs in, but almost as soon as, well, I mean, first couple of weeks were just harrowing for these people. There we go. Okay, because these are professional gamers. They know how to do this job. And uh, and as soon as they walked in, people were saying things like, you've got to hold the Mountain Dew can the right way. And um, shouting at them about how they were not showing the brand enough. Not enough product placement. And once again, these people are professionals. They make, you know, games for a living. They may be indie, but they're not complete amateurs. Paulette brought up a good point. She said that Pepsi was trying to do to them same thing that reality TV did to cosplayers. We're going to take what you do and turn it into a reality TV show. So yeah, these guys had interviews where they were supposed to talk about what they were doing as though everybody couldn't see what they were doing, you know, on the screen or hear the issues that they were dealing with. They blocked off time for interviews so people could be taken aside and discuss it. For all we know, they had plans on when to uh, vote people off of the island. Anyway, I say had plans because their attempts to turn it into a reality TV show kind of backfired on them. They had this one guy who was a producer who was going around trying to find controversy in these developers. Well, turns out game devs are a pretty tight lot. We work together. We know the value of 
respecting your coworkers. So, and yeah, say what you want about the size of Lara Croft's boobs or the type of armor that they put in video games, but I swear to you, in my 10 years of working in video games, I never saw anybody treated differently because of their sex. And let me tell you, video game developers are a body lot. But I never saw them discriminate. While I was working there, I worked with people of all races. I worked with women. I worked with gays. I worked with people who were wheelchair bound. Never had a problem, not for me or any other dev. So anyway, this guy was trying to set up a bit of drama predicated on the uh, idea that there was something wrong or something better than one group or another. And he chose sexism. He went to a bunch of the teams that didn't have a woman on their team and said, hey, so do you think this other team is at a disadvantage because they've got a girl? And the devs pretty much just stared at him and shrugged it off saying, no, absolutely not. There's no difference. So he got bored with that. He actually cut one of them off in the middle of a sentence saying, there's no story here. Then eventually finding no other outlet, he went to one of the women, I might be the only one, who was there at the game jam and said, do you think your team has an advantage because they have a pretty face on the team? Game devs themselves are a tight lot who generally respect each other and show professionalism. Most of the problem that we run into comes from people outside of the dev team. We work hard to get rid of those presumptions stereotypes and so this woman just basically had to throw it up in her face so she answered no I do not think it makes a difference and in fact well turned into a uh, profanity tirade not just from her if I remember right it wasn't even her that they were asking the question it was the team lead who was not the woman on the, on the team. I'm getting it muddled now because I forgot whether they asked her or him when it blew up, but it basically did blow up. They called this producer down on television for being the jackass misanthrop- misanthrope that he was. And then, this is the beautiful part, 
They all walked out. They all walked out because something that Pepsi didn't realize was that Pepsi needed them more than they needed Pepsi. Pepsi spent $400,000 for a week-long commercial and they ended up with nothing at all to show for it. Now, don't get me wrong, they fired that producer. I mean, that day, they fired him. You know what the devs did? Two of them went to Disney World. They hung out with their friends. They went back to work. So yeah, I was very proud of my peeps there. You think about them doing that on Survivor, you know? Hey, do you think your team is gonna do better because they've got more girls on the team, more pretty faces? Guys on Survivor going like, I don't need your money. Get up and walk out. Anyway. So yeah, I thought it was funny. I posted that and said, I am so damn proud of my people right now. And uh, there was a guy who commented on it saying, actually, I think this is more commentary on the way the media treats people. It's not really about game devs at all. And, I mean, of course, the, uh, the fact that the media treated them badly was certainly a driving force in that story. But to say that it was the only one to, is to insinuate that the uh, game devs aren't special. These people aren't any different. They did what anybody would do. Except they didn't. They did something that nobody, as far as I know, has done on reality TV. They showed enough respect for themselves and for the other players to opt out of the entire stupid drama. And you can say it's not because they were game devs. Could have been anybody. But it wasn't. And having lived among those people, I should point out that I don't actually personally know anybody who was part of that game jam. I haven't been in that industry in like five years. And uh, when I was in it, I was working for the big companies, not the indie groups. So I never worked directly with any of these guys. But uh, today we are all game devs. Today we are all indie game devs. 
was mighty proud of what they did. You could say it could be anybody, but I've worked with this kind of people. And I tell you now that it was because of the corporate culture, because of the intelligent people who thrive in that environment. It's because of the energy, the passion, and the respect the game devs have for each other. But they had the strength and the will to walk away. Anybody could have done it, but everybody in the game dev area did. Anyway, up to the front door now. So, I will talk to you tomorrow, hopefully. <laughs>